And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. That's right. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today. My name is James DeJerome. I produce the show for Brandon. He's been on the air for about nine years now. The Consumer Quarterback's been an advocate for all the folks in the Bay Area for about nine years. Brandon put this network of professionals together. You know, we have great sponsors for the program, in addition to some of our expert contributors, and lots of real estate that we talk on the show. So it started out in the home service size, but we're all over the place now. We have lots of legal advice and medical health, and certainly home services, including roofing, plumbing, AC, solar, everything you could ever want. And we've managed to bring those folks together here on the show. What what the idea is, they take time out of their busy day to come in and provide some information and make you smarter. We want your dollar to go farther in the marketplace. To that end, we've assembled all those folks. You can check them out at ConsumerQB.com. It's a great resource for you to check out all the partners and sponsors for the show. The sponsor for this particular segment is Replenish IV Solutions. Really cool business model. Steve and Lisa Gunnan, longtime friends of the program. They'll come directly to you and inject you with uh, a, and a drip, vitamins, minerals, right into your immune system. You know, we're all worried about COVID these days. We want to have our immune system up and strong as possible. Get in touch with Replenish. Plenish Ivy Solutions. That's their goal, to make you as healthy as possible. All right, we talked about Brandon being the owner of the Platinum MVP team. He's a Keller Williams agent. He has real estate opportunities for you. We're going to pitch them all during the show. If you're interested in any of the properties you see pitched on the show, please go to ConsumerQB.com or get in touch directly with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. Johnny, our TV producer, is going to throw a few up on the screen for me. Here's an opportunity in the Pasco area. we got a 3-2, sizable walk-in closet at 13744 Gimme Court in Pasco. So if you got if you want to relocate to the Pasco area, Brandon's got an opportunity. Vaulted ceilings, open floor plan, beautiful screened in lanai, two car garage, and the community has two heated pools, one just a few minutes away from the spot. So again, if you want to get into Pasco, get in touch with Brandon. He's got opportunities for you. Here's one in Largo. So if you want to relocate to the Largo area, we've got a residential opportunity at 909 15th Avenue Southwest in Largo. About 1,300 square feet. It's a 2 1. In the heart of Largo, there's already 17 solar panels on the roof. you got some smart features inside the home, two sheds and a new roof, 80-gallon solar water power uh, solar power water heater on that property. So, again, great opportunity for you in Largo. Get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MBV team. Don't leave money on the table. That's what we always say. Okay, as I mentioned, uh, the show has lots of expert contributors. In our pest control space is Dan Manikheim, Pro Health Pest Control. He joins us on the phone today. How are you doing today, Dan? Great. Uh, bugs are active, and yeah. uh, we're taking care of people out there. Every time it rains like crazy like this, you say bugs love that. Now, why, what does the rain have to do with the bugs? Well, you know, what is what, what do all things, you know, on Earth need? They need water, right, from plants to people and insects. They just go, you know, uh, Florida is a, a certain type of environment. The more water they get, it just sends a signal to them to, to be active and to... Um, to procreate they just they just they just expand their colonies when it rains it's it's a trigger for them to uh make more of them now we always talk real estate here on the show and i've heard you and brandon discuss termites and how the damage they can do is in excess of any hurricane damage you think of all the hurricanes and all the billions of dollars in damage well termites do that plus yeah they do um they do several billion dollars a year in uh, in damage, they they continue the termite. Both uh, there's two types of termites in Florida, um, drywoods and subterraneans, and both of them. 
they 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 continue to eat twenty four seven, and it's usually behind the drywall in homes without you knowing it. Mother Nature, you know, they uh, they they created the termites to dispose of the wood that uh, That's right. that fell onto the earth and turn it to soil. Well, the termites didn't get the message that we're now here building homes, so they continue to do their work just like nature created them to do. And, Unfortunately, uh, yeah, they are tireless. They they just work. They don't. They <laughs> never sleep. They're nonstop. Now you know? we, down here we run into ants and roaches and all different kinds of uh, stuff. But uh, particularly ants and roaches. We how many? We got so many kinds of ants in Florida. I can't imagine you trying to keep them all straight. No, you know, in, in, in a, there's a lot of varieties of ants. Um, Arrow, you know, there's crazy ants and, and big headed ants and, um, you, you know, and, but there's several like, uh, feral ants and stuff like that. There's, there's several species of ants. They're kind of in a, they're, they're in a category to where, you know, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, this could be that cause they're small, but, but, but the difference between some of them, you'd have to put them under a microscope to tell, but, but, but some of them, but. Knowing some of them, like pavement ants and other ones, that some of them you wanna you wanna in order to to do what we do is we like to keep the pest control away from you, right. not 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 with you and your pets. But so we use baits, and there's different types of baits for different types of ants. But identifying them, if you just tell us they're sugar ants or big ants or something like that, we usually can come out and take a look at them and, and see the best treatment for that type of ant but there's you know we we do try to there's different ways to treat for them right. so um we we do like to identify them but yeah there's there's about a dozen common ones around a home and if somebody doesn't have pest control I, i'll usually be able to identify to identify at least two to six different type of ants around their home just because we're in florida they're everywhere now you mentioned spiders during the break i never even thought about pest control for spiders is that something you guys can do yeah, that's what we do. You know, I, I hear other people say that, um, you know, spiders, they really can't do it. But, they, you know, we can treat for the spiders. The spiders, when we go out to somebody's property, we'll put some baits down that are that are good for your plants because it, it'll keep the bugs away from their plants. And it doesn't harm anybody else. It's a natural, a natural um, uh, you know, uh, attractant. Right. That they eat and, it, and then they'll just digest it and, and then they'll go away. But spiders, what we do when we go at the house is we uh, we prep the outside of the uh, the soffits area. We'll actually treat the, uh, the the fascia and the soffit of the property. That's where they, the spiders go to get. So, uh, yeah, we like to take care of the spiders. One of the biggest things people are afraid of out there are people are afraid of spiders That's you know right. so it and they can bite you like we don't sell on fear but uh, we like to keep your home as bug free as possible and we do that by coming out every three months but yeah spiders are they're they're just as popular as anything else they like to be on the outside but they don't know the difference sometimes <laughs> so sometimes they come inside you so. mentioned scorpion is a scorpion a spider no it's not now, I've never seen scorpions in Tampa. They used to be down when I was in South Florida. I'd see them all the time. They're kind of scary, huh? Yeah. They're, they're, you know what? They're scary, but they're easy to treat. Okay. And they're not, you know what? They like, um, they're, they're in some, some areas, some areas they're not, but they pop up all the time. Anywhere where there's a wooded area, they might be, you know, so. Okay. But they're not, they're not a huge nuisance. You know, um, uh, frogs seem to be a hot topic, and uh, but ants are number one. 
number two are roaches. Yeah. That seems to, you know, most people, there's more ant problems than roach problems, but, but roach problems are a problem as well. So you get, you get customers that don't want to say that they have roaches. So they tell you, Hey, come on in. I got some ants. And then you find that there's cockroaches in the house, but they're just reluctant to tell you. Well, sometimes, <laughs> uh, well, here's it. Like, look, there's, there's different people in Florida, right? Well, some of our Latin customers, they seem to be more loud and proud about their ants. Oh, we got cucarachas. You know, like they'll tell you on the phone, like, oh, no, come get those son of a guns. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't speak Spanish, and that's probably a bad A. You know, but, you know, so, you know, some of them were born in this, right. born more in southern climates. There's, some, there's something they're used to. They don't like them just like we don't like them. But some of your people that come from up north, they have a misconception of uh, they don't want uh, the neighbors to know. So oh, they yeah, kind of no, go. No, like if they, if they call you up, they like almost whisper. They go, yeah, I got some, ro- uh, yeah, I got some roaches. Yeah, no, my like used to say going, palmetto yeah, bug. She wouldn't say cockroach. Yeah, she said well, we have a palmetto bug in the house. Yeah, no, we we get palmetto bugs. <laughs> there's no, there's no real name. There's that's not a that's not a real thing. But we're we, we start, you know, the pest control. Uh, at least us in our company, we we if you say palmetto, we know what you mean. It's a roach. Right. It's not a palmetto bug. They got water bugs. I think that's a California, New York thing. I don't know how why those two have that. But yeah, no, no, it's a roach is a roach is a roach. So yeah, but that's uh, the difference between people from different areas call them different things. There's no such thing as a sugar ant. But we know that's a small ant that's probably in your kitchen. What so, is this, what is silverfish? I hear that expression sometimes too. Yeah, it's just a little bug. Uh, they like wet, damp areas, and sometimes when you do like uh, you know like new construction, a lot of them are in your attic. Um, they they uh, anywhere any they they hide in the same areas that uh, that. Um, that the roaches hide in, and they like damp, dark areas. So okay. you may, if you move some, you know, so they, they're very common here too. And they like, uh, one of our customers um, uh, has a stamp collection. We, uh, a very expensive stamp collection, which that's, I remember um, talking to him about it, and he was, the only thing he was worried about was silverfish. So, huh. uh, so yeah. He was so, worried that they compromised his collection. They get yeah, to it, they'll eat yep. it. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, well, this is, you learn something, somebody's worried about something more than me. So, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I never, this is the first house I treated because you were worried about your stamp collection. Well, and um, yeah, yeah. So whatever they're, brings they're you really out, good. man. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah. Hey, talk I'm about, here for you. Talk about that uh, free termite inspection. Yeah, um, one of the things you can do, uh, mention the show uh, when you give us a call and look us up on ProHealthPestControl.com. We have a couple of different numbers on our website. Email us, whatever. Mention the show will come out. Um, no questions asked. Just go out, look for termite, give you a free evaluation, and uh, let you know whether you have termites or not. Um, That's we'll, all over the bay? Do that Any particular you. spots in particular? Yep. Well, we, we cover uh, Hillsborough, uh, Pasco, and Pinellas. We cover all those counties, every square inch of those counties. Dan Manikheim, he's a pro-health pest control. He's our expert in the pest control field. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Yes, sir. All right, Dan Manikheim, pro-health pest control. Please get in touch with Dan if you have any pest control needs. He does a great job. Him and his team are all over the Bay Area. We're going to come back. We're going to visit with Bernie Jacques. He's a candidate for state rep here. I've got a great feel-good story for you, too, about a local guy that I met years and years ago. He does so much. He's got a back-to-school bash uh, that he did, and I want to tell you all about it. He is a great kid. Uh, Don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback. Hey, this is Grant Cardone, and you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend. 
and Brandon Ryan. Do not touch that dial. I'll come right through the radio and grab your throat. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rimes here for Cleaning Commandos here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Cleaning Commandos are hiring, and they're offering competitive wages, flexible hours, relaxed atmosphere, and a sign-on bonus. Reach out if you'd like a career with the Cleaning Commandos here in Tampa Bay. Info at CleaningCommandosLLC.com or call 813-750-0550, 813-750-0550, Cleaning Commandos, Consumer Quarterback Show. Hey, Brandon Rimes here. We are looking for real estate investors. We've got a new relationship bringing us a tremendous amount of off-market real estate investment opportunities. So text the word investor to our hotline, 813-750-0550. Off-market real estate investment opportunities. Text investor to 813-750-0550. Brandon Rimes here, Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. Looking for real estate investors. Send us a text. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is a great resource, as I've mentioned before. You can see all our expert contributors and our sponsors. The sponsor for this segment is Golf Cart Depot. You know, everyone has a golf cart these days. All the kids in my neighborhood are towing each other on skateboards, and I see the parents walking their dogs at night. Not just for golf anymore. So Discovery Golf Cars are a partner in the in the golf cart space. Get in touch with them. Mobile uh, and uh, mobile financing. They come right out and fix it. Uh, they offer new and used. Really just have everything covered as far as all your golf cart needs, Discovery Golf Cars or Golf Cart Depot. And again, Brandon is the owner of the Platinum MVP team. We're going to pitch a couple of properties here on the show. Any of the properties you hear pitched, you can get in touch with him and work directly with. Johnny, what do you got for me? Here's one in Tampa, 10222 Meadow Crossing Drive. This is 3,500 square feet. It's a 5-4 on a large corner lot. Just put the roof on. It's got a theater and a home gym, a smart home tech on the thermostats, 40 solar panels in place, security system, screened balcony in Lanai, really beautiful property in Tampa, 10222 Meadow Crossing Drive. Get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. He always says, don't leave money on the table. Here's an opportunity to build over one acre of land in Pinellas County in the Largo area, 11724, 132nd Ave. Again, it's a great opportunity for you to build. Property is currently rented. There's two structures on it, so you've got a place you can already generate some income. Perfect for builders, developers, and entrepreneurs. Minutes from Clearwater Beach. Again, if you want to get into Largo, call Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. He's still got real estate for you, even as tight as it is now in our market. Okay, before the break, we visiting with Dan Manikheim. He's from Pro Health. He does all our pest control work. And, of course, we need a great pest control guy when you're in real estate. Sometimes you've got to get a deal done, and pest control is what the hang-up is. Dan knows how to work in a hurry, so get him, get him on, your, on your trouble. He will take care of all the bugs and do everything for you. All right, this segment we're going to visit with Bernie Jacques. Bernie is a candidate for state rep. Is it is it District 66, Bernie? Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about you and where you come from and how you got here. Sure. So my name is uh, Bernie Jacques, as you mentioned. I'm a conservative activist, a DeSantis appointee on the Judicial Nominating Commission, and a former state prosecutor uh, running for state representative uh, for a simple reason, to protect the uh, freedoms and opportunities that we have in our great state. Uh, so I, I've been in Pinellas County. The district I'm running for is in Pinellas County, District 66, uh, which covers mid-Pinellas, Seminole, western part of Largo, uh, the northern beaches, uh, downtown Clearwater, Clearwater Beach, okay. um, the Bella area. 
and um, came to Pinellas uh, 12 years ago to study at uh, Stetson Law School. Fell in love with the area, wanted to make this place home, and had the pleasure of serving at the Pinellas County State Attorney's Office, uh, where I worked with law enforcement to keep our community safe. And so uh, it's a pleasure to be back on the campaign trail uh, to run for this uh, open seat, mm-hmm. and um, would be an honor to serve the people uh, up in Tallahassee. So this particular election is August of 22? Correct. Okay. Now, what do we know so far about any particular issues that you think are unique to Pinellas or this particular area that might be something that fuels the campaign? Sure. So I think there's there's some broad issues that that voters have in their minds uh, um, throughout. And so and, and I've been laser focused on them. And then there are some very narrow issues as well uh, of things that have come up uh, of late. As far as the broad issues that that are on all voters minds, I think, number one, is public safety, um, especially after the turbulent uh, summer that uh, we ex- we experienced, not so much in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more south in, in St. Pete. We saw some disturbances. People want to make sure that they're safe. You know, people are pushing back against this notion of defunding our law enforcement. And so that's a that's an issue I'm laser focused on as a former prosecutor. Um, I, I live in this space and I, I know men and women in law enforcement. And so that's going to be my priority, making sure that we maintain law and order um, in the Sunshine State and backing up our governor uh, 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 towards that aim. Uh, education also is on a lot of people's minds uh, that, um, you know, you saw this whole issue with the critical race theory and the, the type of indoctrination that people were worried about were getting into the schools. Um, I've, I've stood uh, up against uh, critical race theory and any type of indoctrination in our schools, making sure we have real education done so in a very public way. Uh, also want to make sure that our students have all of the above approach when it comes to education. Um, you know, college is fine if, it, if it's required for what you want to do, but we also need uh, trade education uh, on the menu as well and, and let our students know that there are possibilities where you can make a good living w- without going to college and racking up all this debt. And then also to, to empower parents with, with school choice, parental education, I think is key. Um, you know, we cannot have one size fits all when it comes to education. If you're trapped in a neighborhood where there's a failing school year after year after year, a motivated parent should be able to pick up that child and put them to the school that best fits their need, whether it's another public school, a charter, a private school or homeschooling. And then uh, the economy is on everyone's mind as well. Uh, you know, with the height of COVID, we saw some of these business shutdowns. Um, I, I don't want us to ever go there again. I believe they're unconstitutional. This whole concept of uh, essential employees, I think if you're doing honest work and that's how you feed your family and put a roof over your head, it's essential. And we need to make sure that we're keeping our economy going so people can uh, provide for themselves. We need to make sure that we're active and, and slashing uh, unnecessary uh, uh, regulations on, 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 on business owners and, and unnecessary taxes as well and recruit new jobs to our area. Well, it certainly sounds great, Bernie, but I'm interested in the details of some of the things here. We talk about you know parents and being able to pick your school. If you're in a situation where there's a failing school, certainly nobody wants that. We want to try to fix that opportunity for those people that can't relocate to another location or take their students somewhere else. So are there any ideas, any kind of, any kind of ideas on how to get schools that are failing to, to achieve greater success or to not have people running? It occurs to me that Leaving a school because it's failing certainly may be beneficial to your student, but perhaps the school, we got to figure out a way to bring that school up. Right. And it's not to say you raise the white flag of surrender and then, you know, that that's it. Right. We need to make sure that the school is coming up to par. But I think while help is on the way, uh, parents should have the opportunity 
to to bring their their child to a school that best fits them because one day I believe one day wasted in a poorly uh, managed and a poor environment when it comes to education is is one day too many mm-hmm. and so so I think there's a lot of ways we can um, make sure that these schools come back uh, to where they need to be I'm a big believer in a competition you know just as we have in the business community in the free enterprise system when you have competing schools um, sometimes competition brings out the best uh, products and the best services and so if you have a monopoly in the public school education where you think you're the only show in town and you don't have to compete with the charter school a couple blocks down the road or that the parent doesn't have a choice it's not really going to motivate you to Mm -hmm. rise to your best because the consumer then has no choice and so we need to bring market principles in education to bring choice um and, and and that will elevate i believe the competitive nature and the quality of education and that and also to incentivizing teachers appropriately you know yeah. it's, a, it's a noble profession and we need to make sure that the good teachers are being incentivized and those who have no business teaching our students should be out well again uh, again i have personal experience with this in coaching i had a student of mine that was from uh you know palm beach county high school and we relocated a best friend took the head coaching job there and because the school did not achieve its the market was supposed to achieve in terms of its testing he had to be fired because the the rule says all uh faculty is cleared out of that program and we reestablished new complete new faculty in there it occurred to me that it it just was a law that was kind of put out there to to say that we've addressed this but really by wiping out the entire faculty you haven't identified those individuals that are successful versus those that are failing so it's difficult to craft a policy to affect change and that kind of a broad thing talk a little bit about when you when you build a policy or try to try to consider these alternatives here sure you can't go in with a chainsaw you got to go in more of a scalpel approach uh, and make sure that the good teachers are being retained and and encouraged and compensated accordingly um, the, the bad ones are the ones that we are interested in and in getting out of the system and so so yeah so policymakers have to be more uh, tailor-made when it comes to these type of uh, approaches and so you're not throwing out uh, the baby with the bathwater. yeah have you had any personal experiences where there was a policy or someone that turned an educational institution or you saw something beneficial or a uh, rule or policy instituted it could be any jurisdiction throughout the country that you thought was a good idea absolutely i mean you, you've seen it in a lot of different areas um uh, for example even in our in, in florida we 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 brought in um, these new charter school systems uh, to address what we call the failure factories. We saw a lot of them in Pinellas County, a lot of them in South Pinellas County, where these schools were failing year after year after year. And so the state law said that if you are within a certain radius of one of these failing schools, uh, a, a proven charter school that has a proven record of success can then come in. So we're not just willy-nilly just giving out you know, uh, a privilege of a new school coming in without them being proven. And so these are a very reputable institutions that have uh, shown their worth in states like Texas or even out in the Northeast, um, where, where where some school choice has been allowed and they're able to come in and provide uh, students um, with, an, with an option and families with a new option um, when it comes to education. And you're, and you're seeing a lot of interest among parents. And I think it's motivating even those failing schools to, again, elevate their game and elevate their performance. Well, that's what I was going to say. Have we seen it reflected in improved scores at any institutions? I still need to look at that. So this this particular program is still fairly new. In okay. fact, some of the, so the charter schools they're inviting in will be rolling out, um, I believe, this fall and the following year as well. Uh, but you can see uh, I, I've seen a lot of. Uh, people in the community even have poured into some of these failing schools, um, just people giving up their own times to to be mm-hmm. tutors. Yeah. Uh, and and, and, and it, it, it brought a light, 
you know, to a thing that's been ignored for quite some time, and they can no longer fly under the radar. And I think when there's transparency and there's a spotlight on an issue, people people tend to want to do better. Well, certainly we're all for improving the educational system. Uh, we want to have our best teachers possible in all our counties here in the Bay Area. So we're certainly interested in any policies or any ways that we could achieve that. We're going to take a little break now. When we come back, we're going to visit more with Bernie about what he thinks is going to happen and things he can affect change and things he's going to bring to uh, his campaign. And, of course, I want to tell you all about this great back-to-school bash that Titus O'Neill threw. Uh, it, again, his story is just so unique and so good. I think you, once you understand what he did and the things he's doing out there, it'll inspire you to go out and do the best you can. Uh, the Consumer Quarterback show does its best to provide information that, of course, that informs you and makes you a better consumer. Our YouTube channel is a chance for you to go to YouTube, search Brandon Rhymes and the Consumer Quarterback Show. You can see all these folks. They're giving you that information right there on YouTube. So lots of videos, lots of things to look at, and we want to encourage you to check them all out because these partners have taken time out of their day to, to provide this information for us, and there's real value for us. So come on back. This is the Consumer Quarterback. This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rice. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. That's right. Give Brandon a call. You can check out all the properties that you hear pitched on the Consumer Quarterback Show, or you can find the way to get in touch with our expert contributors and our sponsors. The sponsor for this segment is Veteran Gutters. You know, Brandon Porter is a veteran himself, and all the folks he employs are veterans. And his job is to come out and make sure the water is getting away from your foundation. You know, if you live down here... This time of year, you can realize that rain is really coming down. And if you don't have gutters, it's washing a lot of the foundation of your house away. So we feel like it's important to get that water pushed away from your home. Brandon Porter does a great job. If you need gutters, get in touch with him and Veteran Gutters. All right, again, Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team. He is a realtor. We're going to look at two more properties real quick. Johnny's going to throw them up, both commercial and residential opportunities for you. Here's one in Dunedin. We have a commercial space, newly renovated. Located in downtown Dunedin, walking distance to the Pinellas Trail at 434 Skinner Boulevard in Dunedin. So, again, minutes to parks and beaches, perfect for growing companies, a commercial opportunity from Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. Get in touch with him and don't leave money on the table. What else you got, John? Here's one in Pinellas, 117 14th Bel Air Beach. This is a four-bedroom, three-bath, 2,700 square feet, private pool, gourmet kitchen, temperature-controlled wine closet, covered lanai, minutes from Bel Air Beach, really sharp property at 117 14th in Bel Air Beach, Pinellas County. Get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team to talk about any of the real estate opportunities you hear on the Consumer Quarterback Show. All right, Bernie, we were talking a lot about different areas that you're going to work with uh, Pinellas County and try to get yourself to be the state representative for District 66. Talk a little bit about uh, 
anything facing 66 that's unique? Anything about that district that's, that's unique to 66? Absolutely. And before I get into that, that Beller Beach property is actually in District 66. Okay, so, so I'll add something to their checklist after they close the deal with Brandon. They need <laughs> to register to vote and then uh, cast their ballot for Bernie Jacques. in the right spot <laughs> exactly. in District 66. You All got right. it. You got it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things you know popping up uh, among the people in District 66. So, so we have a very dynamic district. As I mentioned, we have uh, a lot of residential areas when you talk about a city like Seminole, parts of Largo, the Bel Air area. Uh, but we also have quite a bit of coastline mm. and, and, and beach communities. So uh, we're talking about Indian Shores, Indian Rocks, uh, Bel Air, uh, Bel Air Beach, um, uh, you know, Sand Key, Clearwater Beach, um, places that really rely on tourism. So this this issue of the, the red tide right. um, has been a lot of people's minds, um, environmental concerns, because you know, Florida and, and our district is very unique where our economy it goes hand to hand with our with our environment. It absolutely and does. And so, if the environment goes goes down, I mean, it, it really is going to bring down a lot of small businesses that rely on tourists, you know, to come down here and to spend their dollars in order to keep these these businesses thriving, and also just the quality of life for the people sure. of, uh, who do live here, sure, who sure. want to take their kids out to the beach and 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 out to boating and and all the different recreational activities that depend on there being um, clean water. Um, and that does not affect, you know, the health, safety and welfare. of. A, I know or, there's still some debate about the red tide against one of these environmental issues where it's cause and effect and it's difficult because the causation can be quite wide. I don't know that we can narrow down exactly what causes this or that. But the idea that we can formulate a response or have uh, resources in place perhaps to deal with this if it occurs again, I know that it seems like this time around uh, county officials responded more rapidly and were able to get beach areas open or keep tourism uh, in, in, going as best they could because they had a little experience from previous uh, red tide episodes. Is there anything you see coming out of the red tides that we can learn or any way that we can uh, put an agency in place? I don't know. Any novel ideas? One of the things I was very encouraged by is uh, you know Governor Santos, he ran on environmental stewardship, and he's 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 been very active, and I think uh, very sharp on this particular issue. Uh, just this week, he was down in Sarasota at a ribbon cutting for a new uh, mitigation red tide mitigation uh, research center that which which aims to research the causes of, of red tide, so we can kind of actually get a grasp on it and to mitigate the effects of it. And so so we're going to uh, really rely on centers like that uh, to lead the way and be science-based on how we can address this. And, and also, too, uh, local governments and governments at all levels need to step up and to make sure that their houses are in order as far as their infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a situation with the city of St. Pete where you had a lot of these uh, sewage spills, you yeah. know, going into into our bay. And, and, and that has a disastrous uh, environmental impact. And so we need to make sure that cities are being held accountable, that um, they're securing uh, their infrastructure that does not allow uh, uh, certain spills to go into our waterways and, and to be more responsive when, when an issue does occur. So it's possible that aging infrastructure, uh, storage facilities, kind of over time, decree, uh, become a little less uh, effective. And that's the cause of some of these leaks and some of this stuff. So perhaps we have to take a comprehensive approach and finding out where the sources are of all these different pollutions is a very daunting challenge because it's quite a bit of a coastline, as you mentioned, all around the Bay Area. It is. It's very daunting. And, uh, and the more that we grow, the more daunting it's going to be. And so Florida is experiencing a tremendous growth. We were already experiencing tremendous growth. Right. But I think with the COVID lockdowns, a lot of people were leaving some of these northern states that were locked down, mm-hmm. um, coming down to Florida where we were open for business. And so our, our infrastructure has to keep up for sure. Well, one of the issues, and I don't know how I don't have an answer to this, but I've heard this debate about sea level 
rise. And I've heard people say, uh, well, it's a, na- it's a national problem. And I thought, boy, we're so unique in Florida with the amount of coastline we have and our relative proximity to sea level. I think we're going to feel this a lot harder than the rest of the nation. So when it occurs to needing dollars to deal with this, any infrastructure changes that come regarding roadways, uh, drainage, whatever it might be, we may be on our own, you know, much like uh, California is experiencing quite a few unique environmental phenomenon and the rest of the nation is not so interested in funding or helping them achieve, uh, you know, put their money toward that solving that problem. I'm a little concerned that Floridians are in a unique spot here in our state with the sea level thing. We're going to get hit pretty hard before others will. Is there anything you can do to uh, put in place a mechanism, say, that recognizes Florida's unique opportunity to be affected by this thing? Absolutely. There have been steps taken just recently, this last legislative session, our legislative leaders, and with the signature of Governor DeSantis, actually uh, put on a new uh, tax relief measure that if somebody does a uh, 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 improvement on their property that mitigates the effects of a sea level rise mm. uh, in order to make sure that the property is more protected, that they are shielded from some of the taxes on the assessment yeah. of that. And so these are ways that we can incentivize people uh, to make sure that their homes are in a better situation without you know, uh, being subject to such a big financial hit. Mm-hmm. And so these are things we can build upon right, to, to incentivize people to make the right decision and, and, and maybe keep uh, their own dollars in, in the process. Um, and that, I, I think that's a way we can uh, address that for sure. Brandon recently has had the mayor of Tarpon Springs on the program. He talked a little bit about some initiatives they're doing in terms of increasing their drainage and preparing some roadways for this possible sea level rise and, and kind of getting ahead of it. I worry that there's not so much wealth throughout the state of Florida for everyone to get that kind of infrastructure set up or work on it. Uh, what other issues do you think are unique to us down here? You know, you mentioned the red tide. Uh, anything particular economically? That, uh, we talked about our tourism, our general reliability on tourism. Uh, and, and of course, any lockdown affects tourism, that kind of thing. Any other uniqueness that we need to consider when we're talking about the district or even the state? Sure. So you had the tragedy down in Surfside with the the condo collapse. Uh, The district I seek to represent has quite a bit of condominiums. Um, We're stacked vertically along the coast quite a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's on the minds of a lot of of our residents. And so that's something uh, state policy leaders will need to uh, sit down with local officials as well, condo association, homeowner association boards, just to kind of see how we can address this in a way where we protect the consumer because in, in some of these repairs, and first of all, we, we need to really get down to the bottom of it and Correct. see what the causes were Absolutely. right before we go and implement uh, implement um, uh, solutions. And so once we get to the bottom of what it is, we need to be very proactive and very active on how to address that so people can have the peace of mind and so that this type of thing never happens again in, in a great country, in a great state like ours again. And so, but but these type of things are going to have to be done with a fine-tooth comb mm. to make sure to, to protect uh, homeowners and the consumers in the process. We recently had uh, Frank Charles Miranda on the program. He's from FCM Law, and he talked about the inability to track down some of these folks because the time has passed. The construction of this building was many, many years ago. It has turned over ownership. It has turned over the board. has turned over the, the actual detective work that you talk about, the investigation and finding out the root cause of this is going to be very, very difficult and convoluted, not just because the structure's in rubble all over the place, but because the active parties are sometimes deceased. There's no longer uh, around. You can imagine the litigation that's going to come out of this is going to set some policies in terms of condos, HOAs, the kind of things you're talking about. So this this is going to be a unique kind of a bell cow case, I feel. 
Absolutely. Definitely. That's something to definitely keep an eye on as far as things uh, we'll need to address on a state level um, as well as on a local level. Is there any new vertical construction along the shore in 66? I'm trying to think of uh, Clearwater in terms of new buildings going up that are big high rise type. I, I don't think I've seen that much. Now, downtown Tampa, lots of cranes all over the place. And of course, there's construction everywhere. I'm sure Pinellas has just amount uh, its share. But I just think about those big buildings going up now just on the heels of that Surfside incident. I imagine everything's gotten a little tighter. Sure. And I think a lot of the concern are, are on those buildings that are over 40 yeah. years old. And so, you know, you had different uh, building codes back then. In fact, I was in a meeting uh, just last week with uh, all the mayors of the barrier islands along the coast of Pinellas County. And this was an agenda item. And uh, several of the mayors mentioned, you know, we have a building. Our tallest building was built way before the current mm. building codes. Mm. And so uh, and, and we have to examine if it is up to par with the current standards and so forth, while being mindful of waiting for the investigation down a surfside to kind of, kind of see um, where we need to go, because you don't want to you know, take a certain step if that wasn't the issue as well and, and where it could have a strong and negative financial impact on, on the individual condo owners. Are there any parts of Pinellas you feel like the infrastructure is aging to a point where it's going to be something that's a concern in the next five or 10 years, anything, you know, could be the drainage, could be a particular location in terms of uh, a fire relocating uh, fire and police resources so that they serve the new population as they move around. Anything like that changing or anything adapting in that area? Yeah, and the the thing that's unique about Pinellas County is we're very, I mean, we're a peninsula, you know, on a peninsula, and we're surrounded by water, whether, whether it be Tampa Bay, you know, to the east and the Gulf to our west, and and, and, and we're the most condensed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, county. And so there's a lot of aging infrastructure that we need to look at. I mentioned uh, St. Petersburg uh, a, a little while ago in the last segment, although that's not part of my district. But, you know, a lot of our residents, um, you know, frequent St. Pete and they go down there, uh, whether it's um, for, for the nightlife or to the museums sure. or what have you. And so we've had this issue. It seems like quite a bit. It seems like a slow down and. Uh, in a little for for a little bit, but uh, this whole sewage thing, you yeah. know, and and that's something that needs to be addressed, and and we need to be looking at some of our other municipalities to make sure that we don't have this kind of issue again. If we do experience a heavy storm, um, mm-hmm. can we uh, can we uh, retain some of the water without discharging it, you know, out into the bay and causing a ecological disaster? Um, I, I think we definitely need to start looking at these things because it seems to come up quite a bit year after year. Yeah, it seems like managing water, uh, whether it's the, in the form of flood or sea level rise or drinking water, it's going to be something we're going to be looking at, much like California is in that spot now where water is a huge fight then between the residents who have it, the residents who don't have it, the cost of moving it, the idea that it's critical infrastructure everywhere and it's needed. So that's something that's going to be part of all Floridians, uh, not just uh, the Pinellas County area. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. What about any uh, particular issues educationally. You mentioned education going in. Just in a, if we, a few minutes before the break, any particular policies or things that you think are are successful out there that you'd like to implement in uh, in your area? Sure. I, I think you've seen a lot of, um, there's a lot of movement right now towards bringing back skills-based education. Uh, and, and again, you know, I wanted to be an attorney since I was in, in middle school. And so I knew the path there was to go to college, go to a four-year college and then to law school. Mm-hmm. It was, it's what was required. Um, but I think a lot of students are just being told willy-nilly that you have to go to college. And it does a disservice to them because there's a lot of good trades, a lot of good jobs of today that you, you don't need 
a four-year college degree for that you could get a good certification for. So I think we need to do a better job, our public school system, in partnering with um, industries to identify some of the jobs that are available today, what type of certifications are needed, making them available at the high school level, and just giving an all-of-the-above approach to our students so they can make an informed decision. Because I see a lot of college grads who are in anguish with the amount Mm -hmm. of student loans they have to pay back Mm -hmm. and with a degree in their hand, a piece of paper for which there is no job in, um, there has to be a better way. It occurs to me that there's got to be a way to incentivize uh, the programs. Uh, Again, I think the average student, before they even know what major or issue they're going to pursue in college, wants to go to college because they feel like this is a way to get rich. (laughs) I'm going to make I'm going to make some connections or meet someone or find a job or do something like that to incentivize the trade angle. You've got to bring out people that have had success in the trades and have them see that, you know, you got to have that that, that kind of real life example. I agree 100 percent. And so that's part of that partnership that I mentioned that we need to be going and, and, and being intentional going out to these industries and people who have made a great living on the trade and say, do you mind coming in for a career yeah. day? Do you mind uh, doing a career fair, a, a workshop? And, and do you mind serving as a mentor to, to, yeah. to, to uh, a few of our students? These are the type of things that will move the ball and open up the eyes of the kids and say, yeah. wow, I, I can... I can really make a good living here and support myself and my family um, without, you know, spending all this money um, in college and university. Absolutely. All right, Brandon, we're going to take another commercial break. When we come back, I got a feel good story for you again about my friend Thaddeus. I'm going to tell you all about his story and what he's done for kids in Hillsborough County with his back to school bash. We're going to talk more with Bernie. And I got a few things I want to mention uh, that are listed on the YouTube channel again that I want you to check out. So don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show. This is Warwick Dunn, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show hosted by my man, Brandon Rhymes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rhymes here. We are looking for real estate investors. We've got a new relationship bringing us a tremendous amount of off-market real estate investment opportunities. So text the word investor to our hotline, 813-750-0550. Off-market real estate investment opportunities. Text investor to 813-750-0550. Brandon Rhymes here, Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. Looking for real estate investors. Send us a text. Hey, Brandon Rhymes here for Cleaning Commandos here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Cleaning Commandos are hiring, and they're offering competitive wages, flexible hours, relaxed atmosphere, and a sign-on bonus. Reach out if you'd like a career with the Cleaning Commandos here in Tampa Bay. Info at CleaningCommandosLLC.com or call 813-750-0550, 813-750-0550, Cleaning Commandos, Consumer Quarterback Show. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is a great resource, place where you can find all our expert contributors and our sponsors. The sponsor for this segment is Brothers Easy Moving. These guys became the official moving sponsor of the Consumer Quarterback Show when they moved Brandon into his new place, moving furniture well after dark. So these guys became uh, heroes to me, and they are the official moving sponsor. Local or long distance, get in touch with Brothers Easy Moving. They can do it all. we got one more property for you on the show. Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team, and he's got 
got real estate opportunities, both commercial and residential for you throughout the Bay Area. Johnny's going to throw one up on the screen for me here at 1200 Gulf Boulevard. This is a beautiful penthouse, uh, nearly 4,000 square feet. This is a 3-2, two Gulf side balconies, 1,100 square feet of terrace and a gazebo. Really beautiful. 1200 Gulf Boulevard in Clearwater. Get in touch with Brandon if you're looking to relocate to the Clearwater area. That is a really sharp property there at 1200 Gulf Boulevard. All right, I've got a feel-good story for you, and I want this, this one struck me because years ago when I was covering uh, sports throughout the state of Florida, a young man that played for uh, Live Oak was named Thaddeus Michael Bullard. Uh, he was an American professional. He is a, currently an American professional wrestler and a former arena football player, but I saw him play high school ball, and I was very impressed with him as a high school kid. You know, he was uh, involved with the Boys and Girls Club at that time, and he's, his commitment to service is really un- unbelievable. According to the WWE, he is the global ambassador of the WWE. He performs on Raw under the brand and ring name Titus O'Neil, described by the company as one of the most philanthropic superstars in WWE history. And I can just tell you, this guy has done so much. Well, this weekend, he threw a a bash for all kids in Hillsborough County called his Back to School Bash. he had a free back-to-school bash for Hillsborough County families who could use a boost. The big just 30,000 free backpacks stuffed with school supplies. There will also be free medical, dental, vision exams, COVID-19 vaccinations, shots and haircuts. He did all that for folks out of his own pocket. God put me here to serve a need, whatever that need may be, says O'Neill, whose real name I mentioned is Thaddeus Bullard. The back-to-school bash sponsored by Bullard's Family Foundation plus Advent Health, the Buccaneers, the Lightning, and the WWE. Uh, he has music. Flow Rider performed as well. So, again, I just want to give a shout out to Titus O'Neill. Of course, I remember him as Thaddeus Bullard, but great, great guy in our community going above and beyond, and he deserves all the recognition out there. So don't forget, Titus O'Neill is your favorite wrestler. All right? All right. Before the break, we were visiting with Bernie. Bernie, we were talking a little bit about uh, schools. I know it's a, a real close to your heart, education. You mentioned the idea that there might be charter schools moving in? Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, as part of that as part of that bill that I mentioned a couple of sessions ago, where wherever there are failing schools uh, within a certain radius, uh, uh, charter schools, proven charter schools that have a proven record of success can come in and operate. And so we're going to see some of that in Pinellas uh, within a few years. Uh, there is one um, called Idea Public Schools. They come out of Texas and they've had remarkable success over there. Uh, they're starting in Hillsborough and then they plan to expand out to uh, Pinellas County as well. What is the uniqueness you think of the charter school or the reason you think that they were experiencing more? More success than other programs. Part of it is they're able to be more innovative, um, so they they're able to operate um, outside of some of the strict parameters that you would get in a traditional school district. So they are public schools; they're mm-hmm. just not traditional public schools under your uh, school districts. And so they're 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 funded as well by you know our tax dollars the same way. Um, they're they don't cost money. These aren't private schools. So they are public schools that are allowed to be more nimble in how they approach education. And so you're you're seeing better outcomes, especially for certain students. So certain students need a certain type of an environment um, in order to thrive. And charter schools offers that kind of uh, opportunity uh, to to fit the needs of a particular student. Whereas some of our traditional public schools may be a, a, a little more. Are, uh, restrictive and, and how they can approach education. So perhaps the curriculum is more diverse, you're saying, perhaps? Edu- uh, the curriculum can be more diverse uh, and it also requires more parental involvement typically. I see. And so and, and that's Class a, size, perhaps? Right. All of the above. And that's a, and that's key, right? And so um, one of the issues I look back on, you know, how I grew up, you know, and we didn't grow up in some of the best neighborhoods, but I had a, a dad who was super involved in, in, in my education. He knew all my teachers. He was at all the parent-teacher sure. uh, conferences. 
is. And that made a difference, you know, in my education when you have a parent who's involved. So a lot of these charter schools will require uh, parents to attend certain meetings and and, and to be invested, a little bit more invested in their child's education. And and, and whereas your traditional public schools don't always have those type of requirements. And that could be the game changer. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. In coaching, of course, I came across lots of kids that had to overcome bad parenting. You know, it's it's very common that there's parents out there who have the, the wrong ideas or just encourage the child in the wrong direction. And it's a, it's heartbreaking, but it's something that is real. And if you don't have a resource for the kid to at least think through things or get some other information to them, it's a tough spot to be in for a young man. I mean, like I said, I've had kids that were issued a scholarship check and the parents spent the money prior to the young man getting his own scholarship check. And the kid's just out of luck. He comes to me and says, well, what can I do, coach? And I said, you know, I, I can't just issue another check. So it's amazing that you'd have to be in a position to help a young man overcome his circumstances. But that's what a lot of schools are being asked to do because they're the only resource for a kid. It's very unfortunate. And, and the bill that I'm referencing is called the School of, Schools of Hope uh, bill. And so that that's what uh, the title was that allows some of these uh, uh, highly effective operators to come in uh, to, to educate our children. Really good idea. And of course, uh, our university system, as well as our high schools and our elementary schools, all kind of work together in the idea that, like you mentioned, if your parents aren't getting involved, if, if you don't have that parental involvement, it's such a tough hill for the, the teacher to overcome. You know what I mean? A lot of times we blame the teacher or the educational facility. It's a tough road if you're a teacher and you don't have the parents on your side. It's a partnership. Education begins at the home. And so a lot of times in some of these tough neighborhoods, I've talked to teachers where they say they're, they feel like they're more like a babysitters right. than they are educators, right? Yeah. And so, so parental involvement is key, um, stepping up to the plate. Um, education, I strongly believe, begins in the home. And so by the time they get to the schoolhouse, um, teachers are educating and they're not uh, being behavioral specialists. All right, Bernie, last minute. I want to give you a minute or so. Hit me with the big items you want people to remember when they're looking at your campaign. Sure. Uh, three things that you know Bernie Jacques is going to be laser focused on. I'm going to be laser focused on issues relating to law and order, issues relating to education uh, instead of indoctrination and, and issues of a strong economy, making sure that we have the environment for our economy to grow. Um, I will be a true public servant that it will be accessible to the people. And people can reach me now. I'm accessible now as a candidate. People can reach me on all social media platforms by just typing in my name, Bernie Jacques, uh, or my website, BernieForFlorida.com. And it's Bernie with a Y. B-E-R. Yeah, B-E-R-N-Y, not I-E, like the socialist Bernie. Okay. So Bernie Jacques, candidate for state rep, District 66. What are the other districts in Pinellas? I don't even know. So you have District 67. So that's uh, uh, East Clearwater and East Largo. You have District 65, Northern Pinellas, which is Dunedin, Palm Harbor area. You have 69 just south of me, the southern beaches. And they all occur on August of 22. Yes, sir. That's the primary. And then November will be the general. Okay. So we're ready for that. I want to thank Bernie for coming in. I want to thank Dan Menekheim and Pro Health Pest Control for providing some information today. I want to thank all you folks for listening listening, of course, and I want to encourage you again to go to YouTube, check out Brandon Rhymes and the Consumer Quarterback. we got all these videos and lots of great information for you. I want to thank Brandon for giving me the opportunity to host. Thanks so much. This has been the Consumer Quarterback. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813 813- 670-7372 online at consumerqb.com and join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show.